Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Eric Miller. Eric, are you ready to Hi. do this? Thanks for having me. I'm ready to go. Let's do All it. Right. Let's go. Eric is a co-owner of PADT. They're a company that makes innovation work by providing engineering services and tools. He is an engineer, a writer, a 3D printer, speaker, podcaster, angel investor. And he's the man that helped me become a professional podcaster many years ago. Welcome back on, Eric. Well, thank you for having me on. I always love to have chats. Always, always walking away learning something and thinking about something a little bit differently. So it's good. I like it. Well, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and tell us why you do what you do. So personal life-wise, I have achieved empty nester status. Um, and, and I think official empty nester status, like they're not coming back this summer. <laughs> you know, the first summer in college, came home, pretty much he's looking for a job and the other one's graduating. So it, it's it's kind of nice. We're adapting. My wife and I are adapting and, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of kind of nice. Um, we have to say, uh, I've got the entire upstairs to myself now, so uh, it's enjoyable. But that that's a big change in my personal life. Um, <clears throat> professionally, you know, I think just kind of dealing with all the change and trying to make heads or tails of everything that's going on, good and bad. Right? We've been through COVID. We've been through the reaction to COVID. We've been through. You know, and I, and I know we, we don't agree on economic principles, but we cut taxes and we dumped a shitload of money into the economy. And that caused things to go a little haywire, inflation, anybody. Um, and it's just a little weird out there, unpredictable. Politics are unpredictable. Um, in, and so just trying to hang on and make sense of the chaos. Yeah. And, and your business has been growing pretty consistently? Consistently, but unpredictably. Kind of back to that chaos, right? Parts of our business that we saw that we thought would do very well um, didn't. And parts of our business that we were kind of like, oh, let's hope it does okay, blew up. And, and again, it goes back to all these con contrasting economic stimuli out there. And maybe more importantly, um, emotional, business emotional stimuli, right? So people are making, there's no such thing as a rational consumer, right? Whether it's business to business or business to consumer. <clears throat> and they're making decisions that I don't understand. I don't think they do. They're panicking. They're, they, see, they see an opportunity that maybe isn't there, but they don't want to miss out. Or they're panicking because they think everything's going to go to hell. And it's kind of all over the place. And so we really don't know where things are going, but um, they're going. A lot, lot of what I love is huge increase in our business around space. So both government and commercial space. <clears throat> and as a, as a nerd and an engineer and a Star Trek fan and all those things, um, it's wonderful to see the amount of growth in the space industry and, and see how it's affecting other industries as well. Um, seeing it trickle around and, and do things. And then the other area that we're seeing a lot of growth in is kind of the modernization of transportation around electrification and kind of getting back into the hydrogen economy that we were big in that 15, 20 years ago. And it's kind of coming back uh, because in the long run, it's hydrogen. That's the answer, not, not electrical. Um, and so uh, we're really excited about that and really good to be good to be a part of that change and that trend and hope hope companies can learn how to do things uh, more efficiently as they upgrade their whether it's an airplane or a car or a scooter or even a bicycle hydrogen powered scooters 
Oh, someday, right? The Jetsons have come. The, the Jetsons had everything right. We're they're, we're going to get there. <laughs> I want a hydrogen-powered Vespa. Okay. There it is. Yeah. I like it. All right. So the uh, the assumption stereotype of an engineer is very, very logical. Do you think that that's fair? I'll say there's two kinds of there's there's two kinds of engineers. There are creative engineers and there's um, the the uh, obsessive compulsive engineers, huh. logical engineers. Um, and um, you know both both like solving problems, both like analyzing things. Um, but the logical one that tends to to like to stick with the math and stick stay away from emotion and stay away from creativity and this is the this is the process we're going to write down the process we're going to follow the process and they're very important and then there's the creative ones the you know the the people that the Steve Jobs is and and the Elon Musks of the world clam on to and and build empires around and talking about dealing with all this change hanging on right it's like mm -hmm. oh my gosh we expect it's going to go great here but it goes the opposite this yeah. that and the other thing how do you think of of, of, of uh, uh, you are how much engineering are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis versus being the leader uh being the steve jobs versus the person who's making the actual widget thing yeah, I, I need to find somebody other than Steve's job because I'm not that. <laughs> um, yeah, very little, which which is a shame. I, I get to do a little bit um, every once in a while. I'll I'll be on a meeting as a manager, and then it'll get it'll get into the weeds a little bit, and I jump right in, um, and it's kind of fun. I did that yesterday with a customer, um, and and talked about some kind of esoteric simulation stuff, which I love. But um, in general. I'm, I'm more on the operation side of things. I, I'm lucky. And so I, I run the consulting team here at PADT. So we have three verticals. We have a sales and support team. We have a consulting team. And then we've got a manufacturing team. And we have three owners. Each of us uh, manages a certain uh, profit center. I do the consulting team. I have a I, you know, lesson learned in business. Hire somebody to work for you that's better than you. <laughs> And so Tyler Shaw is our, our, our VP of engineering. And, and so he does the leadership stuff wonderfully. So I can focus more on strategic. I can focus more on building uh, pipeline uh, and then on the operation side of running the company as a whole. So a lot, I do a lot of that facilities and HR and it and things like that. Got it. And going now, you know, I, I, I don't know where we are if, if, if we're past tough times or we're just in a different tough time kind of a thing but covid looking back on on these three or four years or 10 mm -hmm. years however long it's been what what did you do well and what did you say oh wow you know what i, I need to sort of up my game in certain areas if any i gotta say we did a really good job um we're lucky in that this kind of, you know, virtual communication was something we've been using for, for, you know, probably over a decade before COVID hit, um, because we have so many customers around the world and so many large aerospace customers, they've been using these kind of tools for a long time. Uh, and we already had a considerable number of employees that were remote. So we were able to uh, adapt fairly quickly. Um, and we were already communicating through my biggest fear was losing culture and losing connection. 
<clears throat> and so we really, really focused on um, doing that. Like we, every Friday we watched an old black and white TV show. I would go find something on YouTube like Lucy or Ironside or, you know, some, some cheesy Lone Ranger, whatever it was. Um, and we would just eat our lunch and watch that together. And not everybody attended, but those that did, it was kind of nice. And, and in some ways, because we were forced to deal with getting together, we did. Now that that pressure is off, we're kind of struggling with it. <laughs> we're not doing it as much. So I think we did that really well. Um, what we probably didn't do well enough is recognizing, and maybe maybe nobody knew how long it was going to be. <clears throat> so we kept on making temporary adjustments, and they've eventually become permanent. And even though they, we don't need those anymore, it's kind of be, for for many employees, it's become the preferred way of doing their job. And for many of our, more importantly, many of our customers, like we we'd have two or three customers visit a day. Um, before COVID. And now it's, we get two or three a week, maybe. They don't, they wanted to come. They wanted to meet people face to face. They wanted to see the equipment. They wanted to see the computers. They don't care anymore. So I think we, we, we should have accepted that sooner. We kept kind of kept up the infrastructure thinking people were going to come back and maybe they will, but um, we've got a really nice demo room that, that basically is dusty. <laughs> So we'll see how it changes. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we did wrong. Um, the One of the biggest struggles we had is it was politicized, right? And so being a logical engineer, we just kind of dealt with it, the facts. This is what the CDC says. This is a recommendation. This is the state. This is what the state law says. We're just going to follow. We basically just copy and pasted what was put out there. <clears throat> Some people didn't think that was enough. And just as many people thought that was way too much. And um, I don't think I understood how emotionally invested people became hmm. in the politicization of it. You know, wearing a mask became a statement about who you were, right? And, and which is a shame, but it did. And, and, and people would get snitty if someone wasn't wearing their mask. And by the same token, if someone wore a mask, you know, you're, you're a loser. And it, 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 it was not, we, we have good people. So it never got unpleasant, but um, there was tension there that I wish we could have found a way to handle and kind of be a little bit more mature about it across the board. Yeah. Well, when you figure that one out, Eric, you gotta let the rest of us know. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, yeah, it, it was, it was unpleasant and, and we were all just emotional wrecks, right? Regardless of how you dealt with it, it was just, it was a difficult time. And, and, and some of our employees lost family members from COVID. Hmm. Um, and, and that really brought it home um, and, and made it really emotional. Um, it didn't change which side of that political debate they were on funny enough, but um, it, um, it really did, um, make it real for us. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, unpleasant, unpleasant. Do you think that that was a, a sign of that, 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 that reaction of sort of taking sides on it? Mm -hmm. Master stupid, master really important. Mm -hmm. Is that just the human experience or was this evidence of sort of the canary in the coal mine that things are getting worse? Is that, or, or is it just the way it's always been? 
Well, I think I think it was even worse than that. I think it was masks are stupid and you hate people because you're not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like that. It was like you want to you want people to die because you're not wearing a mask. And I'm a mask wearer. I totally I'm on that side of the of the camp. I think so <clears throat> I, I I plan on wearing them when I get colds in the future. Um, it's, it's a nice thing to do, but the, I think it was always there. And I think that we, after world war two until maybe a decade or so ago, maybe a little bit longer, we kind of lived in a golden age where we, we kind of lived by these principles that we were taught in kindergarten, right? About listening to others and being kind and, and giving people space and, and helping each other and all those wonderful things, you know, the golden rule, I'm a big golden rule person. I think a lot of people kind of live by the golden rule. They may not agree with wearing masks or not wearing masks, but they felt like, you know, I want to be treated the way that kind of all got thrown out the window. I think that's, I think that's the normal. (laughs) I think, I think, I think being kind of selfish, petty people is normal and we got away from it and we kind of drifted back and maybe psychologists will figure out why I I think, I think it's easy to be a good person when the standard of living is going up for everybody and everybody's got a shot at the golden ring and everybody feels they got a chance. And maybe part of it is there's a significant part of the population that feels like things are getting worse and not better. Maybe that's the reaction. I don't know, but it's definitely, I've never seen people get so angry with each other over things that in the past would just be like, eh, I don't agree with you. Right. It's interesting. In terms of something I've been thinking about a lot lately are, are, are having, holding yourself to uh, personal standards. And Mm -hmm. it strikes me that, that, that you and your business operate by standards all the time out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise people will probably die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. The Canadians, they do a lot of cool things. And one of the cool things they do in engineering is uh, when you graduate with an engineering degree in Canada, you join the order of the ring. <clears throat> and if you ever meet a Canadian engineer, they've got a little uh, steel ring around their pinky. Hmm. It is made from steel of a bridge that failed because the engineer didn't check his calculations Hmm. and he divided by two instead of multiply two. I can't remember the story, but they they built the bridge. People were on it. It fell. People died. Um, And so you put it on your writing hand. So not that we, not that we write anymore, (laughs) but I guess I should probably hang it. If if I had one, I'd hang it for my computer, but um, on my keyboard, but the idea is why you're doing calculations. You remember that, right? And I, I thought that was a really poignant way of pointing out that, um, you know, what we do does matter. Sometimes, I mean, we just finished a project that for a, for a local inventor that was a dog toy for PetSmart, right? It's really cool. It's a blue ball, um, helping her get this shape just right. Um, and I'm not sure if that's life-threatening if we do that <laughs> But at the same time, we're working on a valve for a rocket engine, right? And if that valve fails, that rocket could blow up and it's an unmanned rocket, but it could land on somebody's house or something like that, right? So, yeah, it, it, it's there. It's real. Um, you have to keep that in mind. You have to have a little bit of you know ethics in mind. 
Um, and, and what's, what's the impact of what I'm doing and why is it important? And it's, it's, it's hard sometimes because that's why I kind of like the ring that the Canadians did. Cause it reminded you as you, we love the process and we get kind of wrapped up in the process and we forget that, oh, this is a medical device, you know, and, uh, it could, it could cause harm or not, or, or save a life. And, um, it, it's important. And and even if we weren't doing stuff like that, I, I still think it's important. Maybe I take too much from what I learned in kindergarten to heart, but, um, it, I think, I do think doing the, it's one of our core philosophies is to, is to, um, we started the company before we started the company, we came up with, uh, some core philosophies we wanted to base the company on. And because we were coming out of a soulless corporate nightmare, um, we wanted to <laughs> where, where the, where shareholder value quarterly shareholder value was the only thing that mattered. And, and it wasn't hidden that was stated um, that, you know, we wanted to do things with integrity um, and um, you know, it's new employees. We, we kind of brainwash them around that as well and, and have, have, said to customers, we're not going to do this, right? Um, because we don't think it's the right thing to do. And uh, it's tough because they're paying you, <laughs> but you're going to do the right thing. I love that order of the ring. That's, yeah. And that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you can, you can get one in the U S there's a couple of organizations that do it in the U S but um, I, I just thought that was super clever. Yeah. The, uh, the foresight to, grab some of the metal and right. a lot of it. Yeah. You know, how much is still there is a good question. When you die, you're supposed to send your ring back and they melt wow. it into the pot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Canadians have time for that sort of thing. They're not, <laughs> they're not, they're not as focused on achieving things as we are. And they're a little more thoughtful about life. <laughs> well, yes. And I mean, you talking about how, you were super intentional about watching the black and white video on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And when COVID started and we were getting locked down, you started um, a, a networking group just virtually. I, did. I for, missed that. Lots yeah. of people in Phoenix. So mm -hmm. that to me says, Eric is a guy who appreciates uh, consistency and scheduling and, and, and creating opportunity for people to come mm -hmm. together. I'll, I'll tell you the origin story on that. Cause it's a good one. Um, a friend of mine who is a facilitator for corporate, you know, uh, team building, right. He's the, he's the, he's the guy that brings the flip charts and talk about how you can make work a better world. Right. Um, and it died, right. COVID he couldn't do that anymore. So he's like, I got to go online. And so he called a bunch of friends and former customers and said, you know, well, can we play doing one of these sessions that I do with say like as big as customers, Nike, um, and so we did. And one of the things he said was, what is your COVID nickname? And I had thought, he told us the questions beforehand and I'd come up with something very, very clever and very impressive. <laughs> and at the last minute, when he asked me, I said, the connector, mm. just out of the blue. I said, what, what, what I really want to do when we're locked down. And it's, I want, I know a lot of people and if I can connect folks, I could do that. And so the next day I, I came up with the idea of doing the uh, virtual networking and uh, went through a lot of very ugly iterations because the technology wasn't quite there yet, um, but ended up, and also people only knew how to use Zoom and I was using Microsoft and it was, it was painful, but eventually it went well. It was something that everybody looked forward to every week. 
Um, and then when we could leave our houses, I thought we'd keep doing it. No, nobody wants, everybody's busy. No one does it anymore. But when you're stuck at home and it's watch another series on Netflix or go talk, talk with people upstairs, people would go upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I think that that makes all sense in the world. Um, and that you certainly are. What, what was the clever, super profound name that you'd come up with, Eric? Before it was the went? connector. Okay. Oh, the, the one before? Yeah. I, I don't remember. Okay. I forgot. <laughs> And I wrote about it in the business journal and I was, I went through my notes and, and I swear I wrote it down somewhere on a piece of paper. I went through my desk and everything. Cause, cause I was very impressed with myself. Right. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And I totally forgot what it was. Oh, that's a, a very, very human thing to do right there. <laughs> I love it. Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people, it. where can people learn more about you? How can they, how can they connect with, with you? So the company, the sign above, which is which just happens to be placed right above my head. Our company is PADT, and you can Google us that way, or you can look and go to our website, which is PADTINC, PADTINC.com. Um, you can look, find out more about me by going to the to the to the LinkedIn and uh, look up Eric Miller. PADT is the best way to find me. There's a lot of Eric Millers on there, um, and then even in Phoenix, and then. Um, if you subscribe to the business journal or you don't subscribe to the business journal, you should, if you do business in Arizona, you should subscribe to the business journal and read my monthly articles. I just finished a great series on um, places to go and visit in the state, like touristy or business wise. Uh, it was a lot of fun to write that and uh, some good suggestions in there, like where to, where to do a business meeting around town. Uh, just finished that, those six stories. Um, and then I write about all sorts of stuff. Some of the stuff we talked about today, I write about on there. So do, do check out the, the article. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Eric your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to padtinc.com or just enter PADT into your favorite search engine. Uh, LinkedIn, Eric, E-R-I-C, Miller, PADT. You'll find him that way. And then if you are a Phoenician here in the Arizona area, check out the Business Journal and check out Eric's monthly article that he does. Yeah. Thanks again, Eric. Thank you very much. Always enjoy. Have a great rest of the year. <laughs> and until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.